0: Welcome to Untaming Leadership. I'm Mikina Gerazi.
1: And I'm Sam Allen. And we are both leadership coaches and trainers with a passion for transformation.
0: Our mission is to grow conscious and inspiring leaders and to dive deep into the very heart of leadership.
1: Tune in for your bi-weekly fix of wisdom and inspiration from diverse experts in the field. Team ready? I am absolutely delighted because this morning on our Christmas edition of the podcast, we have my almost sister-in-law, Louise Arnett.
2: Oh, Lou, a warm welcome. So happy to have you Thank you. I'm glad to be here. Welcome and Merry Christmas. And Merry Christmas to you too. Are you feeling festive? Mm, Getting there, cold.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So we actually would love to ask you to introduce yourself. And that's because I realised that with all of these jobs and, you know, teams and everything, that our guests do a much better job than I would do anyway. And again, it's better than I am. But, uh, you know, sharing who they are and what
2: they do. So Lou, tell us about you. Um, So I work in the English healthcare system. I work in a hospital. Um, My job title is Head of Transformation Resourcing, which doesn't mean anything to anybody. Um, So what I do is I lead a team of change practitioners and project managers. And our job is to try and improve um, the healthcare that we provide in our hospital by um, putting in different ways of working. Mm. And how long have you been doing that, Louise? Well, I've been in the NHS for 31 years, so quite a long time, Um, and I've been leading this particular team for about three. Um, We merged three teams together um, in 2020, so this team that I'm leading now has been since then, Um, but I've worked here in this hospital for 17 years, so quite a long time. You have loads of experience, and it always comes
1: through when we chat, you know, And um, excuse the big question here, but we would
2: really love to know what is your definition of leadership? So I feel quite strongly that leadership is around um, creating a space or an environment where people can come to work and be their best selves and be their whole selves. So that's really important to me that people don't come to work and be a bit of what they are. They have to be able to be all of what they are because the best bit could get left at home. Um, So as a leader, I'm I'm less about sort of hierarchy and job titles and where I sit in the structure and where they sit. It's all about people coming to work and being the best they can be. Um, And so for me, the definition of leadership is listening and um, supporting and creating space where people thrive and feel comfortable to thrive. So they feel safe Um, and if they feel safe and trusted and valued they often do their best and their best is usually better than they thought it would be. So that's really important to me that it's it's about that. Oh, that's really, really beautiful. And
0: I'm curious, how did you get to this point? All, all the things that you're doing about leadership,
2: like it must oh, have been quite a journey, right? Definitely. I mean, I'm the first to say that I haven't always felt this way about leadership. It's been a complete um, journey for myself. Um, I think it started... When um, we had a visiting professor come and talk to us, um, a chap called Michael West, um, and he's a psychologist, I think, of work and organizational um, organizations, and he talked about compassionate leadership. And I thought, yeah, that'll be another fad, you know, something um, that means the same as something else. But actually... I was really taken by what he had to say and he talked about people leading from that place of trust and safety so it felt very similar to sort of the Maslow's hierarchy of needs you know try trust and social and psychological safety and then people can actually be valued and bring their best selves and actually I thought oh that's what I think I'm trying to do here but now I've heard somebody else talking about it it gave me a chance to go and look into it and I tried really hard from that point to maybe just stop and think, is this the best way to lead the situation? Um, And I didn't always get it right, um, but I've recognized the change in me. And I think it's because my team is quite different now to the team I had before. And I needed to change my leadership style um, in order to accommodate people that I hadn't led before. Um, So it definitely has been a journey of many years for sure. I love what you're sharing around the
1: psychological safety. And in particular, because Magena and I are just about to lead a workshop on that theme uh, tomorrow. Oh, wow. So wow. I love to pick your brains here. You know, what helps you
2: as a leader to create that sense of psychological safety? Um, I think the first thing is about trust. So you have to build relationship with individuals. So anyone who leads a team and they haven't taken the time to find out who these people are, what makes them tick, can't really lead them properly because how can you have trust and respect if you haven't created that bond I suppose and it's not about being best friends with people I'm quite I'm quite strict about not socializing um with people I lead other than you know Christmases and um you know we have fun but I don't do sort of social media with people at work so I think it's quite important Um, so you get to know people and you get to know who they really are Um, and I have this belief, and it's a bit cliched, but I think everybody has something to offer, and I think if you start from that basis, then you're not looking for what people can't do, you're always looking for what they're best at, Um, and I find that people don't always believe in themselves, so they have this sort of imposter syndrome, Um, and if they don't believe in themselves, how can others believe in them, so I like to think my role is about um, I guess it's a bit of a coach in me really. It's about trying to help people say, well, let's work together to try and find what you're really good at and let's really build on that. And let's work together and find the things that you find more difficult and let's have a look at how we address those. So I think if you can build that relationship, then people do feel safe to actually say, actually, I'm I'm not sure I know how to do this. And if they're honest. Then that's the first step, I think, in that kind of safe space to be the best you can be.
0: Oh, that's so beautiful, and and I can hear the love, the compassion, yeah, the passion that you put into it. And yeah, I definitely. also can ask, what do you love about
2: being a leader? Um, I, I mean, I love you know self development. You know, I I love learning new new stuff. But I, my first thought is about others. Um I get a lot more um, sense of value, I suppose, of a day if I've seen somebody I've supported to do something. Um, and that's what, that, what I really thrive on that. I really love to see people fly and to know that I've had a part to play in that. Um, And that's what really makes me tick. Um, So I've over the years, I've done teaching at universities, and I've run lots of training courses. And obviously, I'm a a coach and a mentor. And I've realized that that's the stuff I really love to do, but it helps me be a better leader. Um, and, And so I love leading a team because I feel like I've got people I can spend time and invest my time in helping them to develop. And I absolutely love that.
1: And I have to acknowledge here your energy, because since I've known you, you are a powerhouse of energy. You know, you have three (laughs) kids, and I don't know how you do it all, but you're always super positive and upbeat, and you have a kind word to say about everybody. And that, you know, in the time I've known you, has been absolutely consistent. So I can only imagine what your team gets from that alone, you know. Um, And I'd love to ask you, Lou, how do you feel you've grown in recent
2: years through your leadership? Um, I've definitely had to stop and do a lot of self-reflection. Um, so, and I mean, I, I quite like Myers-Briggs, the types indicators and I've always been a T always, always, um, in, you know, 30 years of working in, um, the business that I am in, um, and the last time I did it, I was an F, and I cried, <laughs> and I <laughs> cried. Anyone who knows um, the difference, you know, thinking and feeling, I cried because it it, it reinforced to me that I had shifted my thinking to be more about feeling and empathy and less about, um, with thinking, I was focused on targets and outputs, um, and I, maybe that was the job that I was in at the time, um, but the, the job I'm in now, I don't focus on outputs, I focus on inputs, I focus on uh, supporting people to be the best that they can be. And I let them worry about the outputs. So I let them worry about their performance. um, And I find that if I focus on creating that space, they focus on being the best and getting the best out of their uh, jobs. And I think that's the shift that I've seen just in the last couple of years. um, Some of that I think is, being to do with COVID and having to manage a remote team which is quite difficult and I've had to sort of maybe lower my standards a bit about um, I always felt that for people to be in this type of industry they had to be physically present Um, and actually what I've realised is people can lead a lot of stuff remotely and you guys know that Um, but it was a real eye-opener for me and so I think because i relaxed how I thought about that that have, that's allowed people a bit more flexibility. And if you give people flexibility, they give a lot more to their workplace. Um, and that's been a real journey for me. So people in my team will say we've got a really super flexible policy so that people can work from home, they can come on site. Um, if they've got poorly children, they can still do a day's work, um, whereas before they'd have to take time off. And I think our organization is trying to nurture that flexibility that we found ourselves in, in COVID, but actually realized that it was probably one of the best things that would have come out of that um, time for us. Um, So yeah, that's, I I think that's also helped me change kind of who I am and how I lead. That's really interesting.
0: And do you have any other of this seemingly blessing in disguise, you know, like these challenges that have turned out to be good opportunities or oh, yeah,
2: growth. yeah for sure because I think you have to do that don't you otherwise you'd go crazy so yeah. you have to see the sort of positives in situations you find yourself in so yeah so I, I mentioned in 2020 that we went through a, a consultation to bring three teams together and it was a really stressful time for people um, and I think it was quite stressful because people didn't know who was going to be their leader of this team and some of the team already knew me and had that really strong relationship and that strong bond and some didn't and I I know that people who didn't know me were thinking well how might we be disadvantaged by having this leader who's already got this bond with half of the team and I heard this and thought no that's not the leader I want to be so I had to work really hard to um create a, a space where everybody was a level playing field I suppose and I I took the time to get to know everybody even the people I'd worked with for a long time because I thought we're in a new world we're in a new role um, and it's important that we kind of re-baseline I think a little bit um, so that was quite a, a, a kind of a blessing in disguise really because it gave me a chance to really get to know the people I work with and take time to find out what is important to them and what they need to be able to come to work and some people want to grow and develop and some people want to just do a good day's job and I think it's important that you recognize that um and the other thing that I found is um quite a lot of the team that um, came under my leadership had um disabilities um they had um things about themselves that they maybe hadn't shared before and they wanted to take the time to share and it it made me think, okay, I'm leading a different, a very diverse team here, and I might not be an expert in that. So I went away and did some training and spent some time trying to make sure that I was doing everything right. And so I've been quite proud, really, of that growth in my own experience of leading diverse teams, because I hadn't done it before. And now I think I'm quite good at it. Um, Although my team tell me I am. So (laughs) I guess I must be. I want to come and work for your team. <laughs> you know, I feel like oh, if I come
1: and work you. For you, I'm going to be included, I'm going to belong, I'm going to be heard, I'm going to feel part of something. That's what you create through yeah. your impact, you know. And I'm um, just thinking of our listeners and, you know, maybe people that are perhaps leading a, a team for the first time here and wanting some tips or, you know, insights. Yeah. What would you want to share with them, Lou?
2: I would say invest time in getting to know each person in your team. So when people say to me, I don't have time to have one-to-ones with my team, I don't buy that. Um, You invest time. So sit down with people, um, take people for a coffee or do it on Teams or Zoom, you know, whatever's comfortable for the individual. I usually say, what would you prefer? Um, Some people like to sit in a room and some people are quite happy on um, remote platforms. Um, And just ask, be curious. I mean, I love this um this saying, this listening with fascination. I mean, I love it. So actually speak to people and find out about them. find out what makes them tick. Ask some questions about what do you need at work? What do you need from a leader? Some people want to be sort of relatively left alone. Some people want a bit of support. um but the the ethos of that conversation is what what environment do they need to be the best that they can be? and how do they want to work with me what do they want to know about me I don't don't tend to sort of go in and tell people all that I've done and all that I am because I don't know that that's necessarily um, important I think the important bit is about what's the relationship that you want from me what do you need from me Um, you must invest that time because it's invaluable um you're trying to create that relationship where people will come to you if they need you, but feel empowered to get on and do what they need to do on their own. And um, someone once said to me, somebody I used to work with once said to me, ask for forgiveness, not permission. Um, It was probably the most important thing I heard in the last 15 years of my career, because I took him at face value and I challenged myself and I challenged my own practice and I've been greater for it because I felt safe that if I did did something and it wasn't right, I'd be forgiven because my intention was there. And I've used that. You know, I've rolled his saying out to people in my team. But it's really important. People will never thrive if they're working from a place of fear. Um, and if you want people to work from a place of being the best they can be, they have to feel uh, safe to have a go at something that they're not sure about and feel uh, safe that it won't um they won't be reprimanded if they get something wrong as long as their intention was right i think that's really important
0: oh i want to work for your team as well no oh, bless <laughs> and you and for you <laughs> it really sounds beautiful really really beautiful like the the space and the environment and the culture that you're creating and the relationships definitely that's important yeah and to me it's in fact you're a perfect leader so is there any growth that you see for yourself? Definitely.
2: Yeah, definitely. Cause I mean, it's not all roses, of course, you know, as a leader, it can be quite a lonely place. Um, and you still have to have difficult conversations with people about performance. And I think the important bit is about um, having that respect that you can have that conversation with somebody in a very professional way. And do that comfortably because that's part of your job, um, to do that. And I think, um, I'm still, you know, I'm still learning. I, I, I love, um, you, you may have already gathered this from some of the things I said, but I love, um, tools for growth and improvement. And I was facilitating an away day with my team last week. And I do something called the ladder of accountability or the ladder of change. Um, when I'd been coached through a difficult, um, time in my career and I thought this could be quite good to use for an activity to help people maybe come with a bit of honesty about where do you find yourself I don't know if you're familiar with it but it has sort of eight rungs and at the bottom of the ladder um, you're in your leadership or in your practice you're a bit in denial a bit of blaming a bit excuses somebody else's fault if something isn't going right and the higher up the ladder you go the more empowered and the more ownership you take And then obviously, if you operate at the top of the ladder, you're really operating from a place where you take responsibility for your actions. Um, And I um, had a look at this and had a look at it in my own practice and thought, you know what, I can recognize the things I am doing in my role at the moment where I'm on those bottom rungs of the ladder, where I'm waiting and hoping somebody else is going to sort this out. Um, And it takes a bit of bravery, I think, sometimes to step above the line of the ladder and say, this is going to be a really uncomfortable conversation, but I am going to need to have it. And I think I'm still learning how best to do that sometimes. And I like to watch um, other people I work with who um, I like to think about, oh, how would I have managed that situation if I'm in a difficult meeting and I'm not leading? I like to see how somebody else has 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 led that difficult discussion and I might think oh if that was me would I have done it like that or how might I have done it and put myself in that really uncomfortable space but it's safe because it's only me thinking about it Um, so I definitely think there's growth all the time Um, and I'm not I'm not massively um, ambitious so I find that interview question of Where do you see yourself in five years? Really difficult to answer Um, because I absolutely love what I do and I'm quite happy to carry on doing it. Um, But I do like to grow and I do like to seek out opportunities to learn new skills or to learn different ways of having conversations um, or to use different tools to explore my practice. So I like to have little continuous improvement bits of growth rather than big leaps. I'm not ambitious to have a big leap. I'm quite happy just to tick along and learn new things, really. I'm um, hearing you around that question. It always scares the hell out of me when somebody asks
1: me that, because I'm like, who has these five, ten-year plans? <laughs> like, like <me. laughs> yeah, I, I really find it also difficult to know exactly where I want to be in that amount of time, because I feel like the best we have often is actually really enjoying where we're at in the present moment and making the you know the best of that. So really feeling you on that one. And talking about inspiring people do you have like a famous leader or somebody in your personal life that really um, has inspired you in in what you do and who you are?
2: So I I don't like this question because I I can't (laughs) think of a single leader where I'm like, yeah, it's that person. I think what I like is bits of people's leadership. Um, And I like, um, so I mentioned people like Michael West, you know, I like the, I like what he says about leadership, because it's tangible, I can take it away, and I can apply it. I think sometimes if you have this pedestal with a famous leader, you're only really seeing the surface of their leadership, you can't really get under the skin of it. So therefore, you can't really emulate it. So I don't, I don't tend to have a single leader, I tend to like little, little snippets. Um, So there's this this thing that I use in my field of work that Einstein talks about, which is if you've got an hour, you should spend 55 minutes planning and five minutes doing. Um, So I like little snippets like that, because actually that's something I can use and say to people, when you're doing a change, spend time really understanding what it is you're trying to do and why it's important. Um, And so that obviously is, you know, something that he um, emulates in terms of his leadership of change. I tend to like, more tangible things rather than just one individual
0: it's very interesting i love the i love the answer to that question (laughs) (laughs) it's a bit of a fudge really (laughs) i don't know if you have an overview about other leaders in general nowadays and since you're in that boat what do you see as the challenges that leaders go through nowadays mostly
2: yeah. I mean, there's definitely challenges with leaving, leading remote teams for sure, because I think when pe- where people have been thrown into that situation, if they hadn't taken the time to do the bit that I already talked about, building that relationship of trust and safety, it's quite difficult to manage re- remote teams because as a leader, if you don't trust the individuals that are working with you, then you're more likely to say things like, you must come on site, you must come in because I need to see you working. That's That doesn't say anything for a relationship because people then don't feel trusted. Um, and similarly, if you've not had that relationship building um, as, a, as a leader um, and you don't see people on a regular basis, it's quite difficult to build that relationship. So um, I think that is one of the challenges. I think people are more likely to want people to return to the workplace because they don't feel that they can trust their individual members of their team, which is just really sad, I think. Um, so I I, I think that's a, that's a bit of a challenge. And I think, you know, there's lots going on in the world at the moment, isn't there, which makes um, it quite a stressful place to be as a leader. I guess the more senior you are in an organisation. So whether that's, you know, there's lots of industrial action going on in public services, um, energy costs are going up, you know, our industry is very energy uh reliant um there's lots going on at the moment about cost of living so people your workforce are quite stressed and there's been it's been really busy in our industry obviously over the last couple of years so i think there's there's quite a lot of high stress um in leadership roles because people look up to you to to have all the answers um, and I don't think it is about having all the answers, actually. I think it's about what I was talking about, having ownership and accountability for making sure those answers are there. But I think if you lead the team correctly, it's shared decision making. You can come up with the solutions together. I, I would say I'm not the most creative person. I, I I'm not necessarily the person that has all the answers and all the solutions, but I'm quite good at engaging people in trying to come up to those together. Um, And I and I think that's why as a leader uh, at the moment, it's about um, collaborative working uh, is more important, I think, than trying to be the person who's up there making all the decisions for everybody, because I think that's quite a lonely place to be at the moment, quite stressful. And in those
0: moments of stress, because you were mentioning, and of course, in in a leader's life, there are so many of those moments where you might lose a little bit. Also, the contact with self. How do you remain or have that contact with self, this self-awareness, this uh, self-leadership?
2: I mean, that's the bit I'm not very good at looking after myself. Um, So I often go on sort of resilience building Um, sessions so we've got a really fantastic um, clinical psychologist here who does resilience and it has to start with self so she often talks about how do you stay resilient whereas my thinking is how do I help my team stay resilient Um, and I think the important bit for me is that when I come to work I stop and think about how have I added value Um, I think that's really important because if you get to an end of a day and you don't really know what you've done that's been value adding, um, how can you then stay um, strong for your team because you're there thinking, I don't know what I've actually done today. So I think it's really important to do that self-reflection. And I think it's quite important to reflect on the things that haven't gone so well so you can sort of notice them and maybe think about how you might do that differently tomorrow. Um, But I think it's important to stop and celebrate the things that have gone well and actually take some time to recognize that. Um, And that's how I stay motivated. And if I'm motivated, then I'm more likely to be in a space where I don't get too stressed. I mean, we all we all have difficult days. Um, But also, I I would say I've got quite an open relationship with my team where I they would recognize if I was getting stressed. Um, and because we're such a great team they would then come and ask me how I am and that's I just love that I just love the fact that anybody can ask how are you how's your well-being how's your mental health today it doesn't have to be that all the leaders ask the team I think you can ask each other and look after each other and I think that's quite important and and people do that people do that they do ask me how I am today Um, and that's I think that's quite touching.
1: Yeah, I mean just you sharing that has touched me greatly. Um just the fact that you're having these open dialogues and you're making people feel like they can actually say how they really are, you know, not how oh, they for say sure they, how they are. Like this is huge, you know, and it's something that's becoming better in the world and yet we've still got so far to go. So um when you share that, I feel encouraged. Um good. Yeah, really amazing work you're doing there. And talking about celebrations, seeing as though it's Christmas time. If you could take a moment now to celebrate your team, what words would you put to that? What do you want to celebrate about them?
2: Oh, gosh. Um, What would I say? I think they are committed and responsive. I think they show up. Mm. um, And I think they bring everything to the table. Um, And I think they are better for bringing everything to the table. Um, and I would absolutely say that they're honest, um, because I think we've spent quite a lot of time, um, trying to create a space where people feel safe to come and be honest. Um, and when they're being honest about where they are today, whether that's having a good day or a bad day, then, um, they can get the right support they need to, to thrive, I think so. Yeah, I absolutely love my team, you can tell, right? <laughs> yes. <laughs>
0: you celebrate about yourself, Louise.
2: Oh, um I, I I think I'm I'm quite caring and I'm quite kind. Um I I genuinely do care for people's well being and um you know I want them to be the best they can be. So I hope that people would say um that I champion their rights and I um create that space where they can um thrive and I'm approachable um and they can come to me if they've got a concern. But I also think they would say I would trust them to get on and do their job and empower them to 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 get on and do it. And if I don't speak to people for days on end, it's because they're doing a really good job and they don't need anything and that's that's great. Um yeah, I think I think people would say that I I, I um, support them well and help them to be their best selves. I hope <laughs> we do have these conversations quite
1: a lot in the team as well. So <laughs> it just really felt with you. It feels so 100 percent natural. You know, we talk a lot in coaching around life purpose and, you know, living the what you really want to bring to this world and everything. And, and as you speak about your team, it just comes through like, yeah, this is a woman that really loves what she does. It's coming from her heart and she absolutely does have the best interests of of everybody that's working for her. Um, And you can't fake that, you know, it's it's so authentic with you. And I'm so happy as well that this was the perfect
0: episodes to also end the year such a celebration of you and the leadership uh, and the connections that you have and the relationships that you have created and and it really shines through as I also said before like the passion the compassion the joy that you have so thank you for everything that you're doing and what you're bringing to the world thank you
2: thank you I just feel very lucky that I've got a team I can um you know to lead because not i hadn't always had a team to lead and i still loved leadership and learned a lot about leadership but i think it's really come into its own when i've actually been able to do it in practice um and it's what makes me tick and it's what makes me get out of bed and come to work every day is the people that i work with for sure yeah
1: it's so lucky to have you and we wish you
2: and your team
1: a very very merry christmas Um, A really deep gratitude for this conversation.
2: Um, Yeah, we're both. Thank you. I've really enjoyed (laughs) it.
1: Thank you for listening to this episode of Untaming Leadership.
0: Are you a leader keen to share your take on leadership?
1: Want to offer your organisation the chance to participate? in one of our Experiential Conscious Leadership programmes.
0: We would love to hear from you.